Our meditation for this second Sunday after Trinity is on our epistle reading. Hear the word of our Lord from the first epistle of St. John, the third chapter, beginning in the thirteenth verse. Do not be surprised, brothers, that the world hates you. We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brothers. Whoever does not love abides in death. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. But if anyone has the world's goods, and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or in talk, but in deed and in truth. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Now grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Last week, I published a very brief sermon on the topic of love. Of course, we often can't speak of love without bringing up hate, especially not when St. John spoke of both in last week's passage. More precisely, he spoke of love, hate, and fear. Today, the topic comes up again, but from an earlier passage in the same epistle. I cannot help but feel like there is more to discuss. Let us expand on this topic once more. Last Sunday, we read from 1 John chapter 4, verses 16 through 21, wherein St. John informs us that perfect love casts out fear. Because God has taken our fear of punishment away by his act of love on the cross, we seek to love our brethren, both in the flesh and in the faith. If a man does not, and instead hates his brother, then we cannot believe him when he says that he loves God. If he refuses to seek good for the man that God loves, then how can he say that he cares for our Lord? But that leads us to ask the question of what exactly St. John means when we read his words on hatred. What does it mean to hate someone in the biblical sense? First of all, as we said last week, it is not the kind of seething, boiling, adversarial rage that we think of when we hear hate in English. There is a Greek word for that, katophroneo, and St. John doesn't use it. When it comes to katophroneo, anger, resentment, or even bitterness, God tells us to forgive our enemies instead of stewing in those emotions. But that is a different message entirely. St. John instead uses the word miseo, translated as to hate, but meaning to love someone less, to deride them, to do the opposite of agape love. Agape love is seeking the good of the other for their own sake. Miseo hatred, as St. John uses it, is a refusal to do so. It is not an emotional affair per se, 
the same way that agape love is not necessarily emotional. Both are verbs, not dispositions. If you feel katafroneo, anger or resentment for someone, you care about them. You care about what they are doing, what they have done, what they will do, and how they present themselves. You actively care about that person, you just don't like what you are seeing in them and how it affects you. Miseo hatred, on the other hand, couldn't care less about them. If they were starving on the side of the road, you would simply walk on by. If their house burned down, you would not permit them to stay at your place. That is miseo in the way St. John uses it. Now, we must be careful, as miseo is also a relative term, a very broad one with multiple uses. When our Lord Jesus says, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple, in Luke 14.26, he is using the word in the sense of loving less, that is, loving less than Christ himself, seeing Christ as the ultimate priority. He is certainly not telling us, to refuse to love the people God commands us to love. On the other hand, when St. John uses it, he points to our acts to show a real decision to be negligent to one's brother. Quote, if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. These are the stakes why St. John says that we must avoid this kind of hatred. Quote, We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brothers. Whoever does not love abides in death. You see, the world hates Christians. If you hate Christians, then you are an ally to the world that hates them as well. It is that simple. But not only that, on account of refusing to help someone, we are adding more harm to them. Hence St. John telling us, everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. If someone dies because you refused to help them, God says that it makes you guilty of murder, no ifs, ands, or buts. Persisting in this unloving attitude means being damned, simple as. God expects fruit from our faith, and one of the very first fruits of our faith is a change in our attitude, a change from being unwilling to show agape love to the brethren to being very willing to show it. To refuse to help others when you know that you could, especially from among the brethren in the faith, is to say that your own faith in God is not alive. Again, this is not an emotional thing. We can love people while having a low opinion of them, but that clarification only makes it worse. Because we might feel love for someone, but hate them through our negligence. 
St. John says, Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. Even more terrifying is that we all know we could do more to help our brethren. All of us fail to love as we ought, and St. John would rightly say that in one sense this makes us all murderers. We can feel nice things for someone, but the moment we are asked to do anything for them, we run away like scared children, leaving them to experience more pain, desperation, and deprivation. The wrath that we deserve for this, as a gaggle of murderers, is immense. But St. John does not leave us to despair. In verse 16, he says, By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us. Christ bled on the cross for all of our sins. Where we have been negligent, he was caring. Where we looked the other way, our Lord Christ paid attention. Where we saw the suffering and misery of others and turned away from them, our Lord Jesus saw our misery and suffering and turned to us, to die for us, to pay for our sins. Consider the love of God, that though he has every right to hate us, both in the kataphroneo, anger and resentment sense, and in the deriding, neglectful, miseo sense, instead, he loves us. He did not have to love us, and on account of our sins, he had every reason to say, I wash my hands of you, all of you are damned, time to destroy my creation and start afresh. Yet he does not do that. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Instead of neglect or rage, our Lord God loves you, and he actively chose to show us the kind of love that saves our souls. And he calls us to repentance, away from our selfishness, saying, I saved you out of love when I did not have to. So love your brothers. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. May we do the same knowing that the blood of Christ covers us and we can go to him with penitent faith. For any time we fail to love our neighbor as ourselves, and especially those times we fail to love our brethren, we can go to him and say, I ask for your forgiveness. And he will do it. He will cleanse us from all unrighteousness, benefiting from his active and gracious compassion on us, may we then turn around and show the same to those whom we have neglected. Now the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, 
guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.